I think that women don't have the same sense of either or, like either you're a feminist or you love hip hop. I think that, you know, we've done 20 years worth of work to let them know that you can be both, but your responsibility is to interrogate the spaces that are um, uncomfortable for you and to hold the art form accountable. And, and I think that, you know, we did a pretty good job of getting that out. Race matters. 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 You just heard from Joan Morgan there a writer and academic who coined the term hip-hop feminism, a term which, to some, is an oxymoron. It's a modern age-old topic, hip-hop and feminism. Are they mutually exclusive? And it kind of seems like everyone has an opinion on it. If we're honest, some, most even, of the mainstream opinion on it is outdated at best and rooted in deep-set racism at worst. You're listening to Race Matters. My name is Tanya Ali, and today we're talking hip hop, feminism, queerness, and inclusion. I'm confident that the vast majority of what I do listen to reflects my own way of thinking in regards to race, gender and politics. At the moment I'm listening to a lot of Sampa the Great, Key Dash, Georgia Smith, Miss Blanks, Jeswa, Sava, Solange, Kaik, Kelani, and Tyler the Creator. And of course, the pioneers that I've grown up with Missy Elliott, Mary J. Blige, Lauren Hill, Erica Badu. Even just thinking about what I'm listening to today compared to even just five years ago, I think there's definitely been a huge change in terms of inclusion, um, feminism, and a celebration of queerness in the hip hop scene, which is amazing. Rise to the east. That's Georgia Mokak, one of your Race Matters hosts. Here's Carolina Gasolina, another FBI radio host and local DJ. If you love hip-hop and live in Sydney, you're sure to have boogied on a dance floor where Carolina's been spinning tunes. My first most formative inspiration in the genre would probably be Lauren Hill. Uh, she still inspires me till this day. Um, and she was probably one of the first female rappers that I saw just completely own it. Uh, not just like lyrically, um, but her vision and her story and her aesthetic. Um, yeah, she's amazing. It's funny how money changes situation. Miscommunication lead to complication. My emancipation don't put your equation. I was on the humble you on every station. Someone play young Lauren like she done. But remember not to game the one of the sun. Everything you did has already been done. I know all the tricks from bricks to Kingston. My team done major kingdom one wrong. Now understand I know for myself personally, I no longer need hip-hop as my way into feminism, um, as a way to process, make sense of my feminism. It, it exists long before that. We we have language that we didn't have before. We have lenses that we didn't have before. 
We have things like queer studies, you know, that we didn't have before. We have hip-hop feminism in universities, which we didn't have before. I do feel like the tide is turning in relation to inclusion of females in the industry, female DJs, female rappers. I still think we've got a long way to go. I also think it's more of a lack of understanding uh, of like queerness and feminism, but I think that there's a lot of people trying uh, and I think that's all we can ask for. So my experience has been relatively good. Uh, you know, like with anything, there is pockets of it that are still a little bit misogynistic and there is locker room talk that happens and I've seen that firsthand. So we've still got a long way to go, but I think the majority of people in the local scene are really supportive of um, us women and queers. been strong feminist figures in hip-hop, even if many didn't quite identify with the term at the time. And the face of hip-hop across the board has changed. Right now, the amount of artists rapping and rapping about queerness and intersectional feminism is staggering. Is there still hip-hop that's problematic? Of course. But the same can be said about any genre, art form or really industry. So the question becomes instead, how do we choose what we listen to? Where do we draw the line? I guess I would like to think that I only listen to music that has a good message, but I also can't deny that I do listen to some mostly older hip-hop that is unequivocally sexist and misogynistic. Hip-hop and R&B are easily my favourite genres of music and I've been a fan for a really long time, which has required a willingness to grapple with these misogynistic messages, particularly with the early stuff that I was listening to in the late 90s and early 2000s. I think the best way for me to describe or sort of somehow reconcile with the fact that I do listen to a bit of this is that I treat this sort of sexist and misogynistic hip hop like a kink. 
Um, sometimes I just want a bit of J. Cole and Kendrick or D'Angelo, Dr. Dre or the Yin Yang Twins, which can I just say is a shocking, shocking name for a rap duo. I guess for me, it's about having an awareness and being conscious of what I'm listening to. Hip hop at its core is built on community, social justice, recognition and political reform. And I guess I can usually connect it back to that, whether it's in the poetry of the lyrics or the music or both. I think a part of listening to hip hop um, and music is understanding where it comes from. Uh, Like the pioneers of hip hop came from really low socioeconomic um, communities, And people that are currently in hip-hop come from those areas. So I think, you know, we talk about being intersectional and I think a part of that intersectionality needs to be the understanding of, for me, is understanding where hip-hop comes from. So these people, these pioneers, these artists have learned to survive in a society that isn't made for them, that isn't made to protect them. And, you know, we can see that even more clearly now with uh, social media and the Trump administration. So I think listening to hip hop, you have to keep that in mind. For me, it just all is all a part of being intersectional with my feminism. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying there needs to be an understanding. I, I just think that this is not a hip hop question. Um, and I don't think that it's necessarily one that women alone should I mean, do you look at Picasso and take into account all of his problematic relationships with women every time you look at the piece of, uh, look at a Picasso? Or are you just allowed to, like, appreciate Picasso in a way that people don't constantly ask you, are you conflicted when you look at a Picasso? You are conflicted when you look at a Picasso. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do think that the gendered expectation that women should constantly be in a state of analyzing their likes and desires around politics is really problematic and puts too um, much of the burden uh, on women to resolve something that's a much broader cultural um, issue. I've stopped listening to R. Kelly. I've stopped listening to him a long time ago. Uh, I always knew he was a a monster. Well, not all, I can't say 100%, but once those allegations came out, you know, there's really no turning back. So, yeah, I stopped listening to him. He drew the line. I guess also for me, it has to do with, the, with like, is the person ever been held accountable for anything anywhere? So for me, for R. Kelly, that's always been really easy because I don't feel like he's ever been held accountable until this particular moment. Um and so, yeah, I, I recognize all the genius in uh, Step Into the Name of Love, but I never bought Chocolate Factory. You know, like, there's a way that I, I felt particularly then that, the, you know, supporting an artist is very much about, like, buying and purchasing the music and uh, being able to recognize that, chocolate, you know, Step Into the Name of Love has a great amount of cultural resonance for, like, black folks was not enough to kind of make me push aside the fact that, like, Aaliyah always made me, his relationship with Aaliyah made me really uncomfortable, and that we were, um, there is a tape out there that is basically him participating in child pornography. That is um, not as clear a line for 
some people, and I get that. But the accountability has to be held somewhere. It doesn't bother me if you continue to play that record and you love that record if he's doing jail time because he's being held accountable. Where do I draw the line? Um, I've definitely got a zero tolerance policy for culture vultures who are feeding a platform that was built to silence us. They definitely have no respect for where it's coming from, whose platform they're intruding on. And on a more superficial level, they also just can't pull it off. I won't listen to white women that enter black spaces and appropriate culture. So no Miley, no Taylor, no Iggy and no more Ariana. Just no more white women who gain visibility and profit immediately. The world already treats black women purely as a resource and we experience it every day. This is one of the many contributions why we have to work 10 times as hard. And women like the Miley's and the Taylor's um, represent too many violent gaslighters, white women who use their privilege to disregard our more than valid criticisms. I've been thinking a lot about what I listened to over the last couple of months, um, just to be more actively conscious of the extent to which I listen to my kinky hip hop. Thinking about it now, it's usually on my way to the gym or when I'm really angry or at about 2 or 3 a.m. on the dance floor. If someone wants to analyse that, go right ahead. My confession for today to all of you is that I identify as a feminist on the streets and have a dirty soft spot for misogynist hip-hop in the sheets. A big thank you to Joan Morgan, Carolina Delo Piedra, aka Carolina Gasolina, and Georgia Mokak for their wise words. And thank you too to Sampa the Great, Lauren Hill, Akenyo, Miss Blanks, and Jaswa, whose music you've heard throughout this episode. My name is Tanya Ali, and this has been a Race Matters podcast special. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts to be the first to know when there's another one of these. And for your regular fix of Race Matters, tune in to FBI Radio 94.5 FM every Monday from 5.30pm for chats about race, culture and representation. Hosted by Sarah Khan, Ryan Clapham, Darren Lasagas and George Mokak. Let's play this banger out. When I sat up on the same throne, it's she gone. We lost when this one is a cave like Farrakhan. Dip this from our pheromone, it makes the pharaohs moan. Cleopatra toes like her limbs are powerful. The Sphinx's nose is falling. Clink your glasses, melt the ice like ice. Raise your glasses, melt the ice like ice. Clink your glasses, our flashes. You won't ready for it to feel this nice. You won't ready for it to feel this nice. Woo! Clink your glasses, melt the ice like ice. Raise your glasses, melt the ice like ice. Clink your glasses, our flashes. You won't ready for it to feel this nice. You won't ready for it to feel this nice. Uh. I'm a very busy woman with a lot on my plate. I'm a very busy woman with a lot on my plate. I'm a very busy woman with a lot on my plate. So you better eat it up before I take it away. Y'all can't tell me shit. I know who I am, know what I'm gonna get. Vicious on the stage, delicious, and I'm thick. Just remember who. Burned
birth you, bitch. I be rocking microphones, ladies on my chubby bones. Sudden they ain't seen before they live with my music on. Tell the boys to watch the phone, I'm coming to be my locker room. Martinis while I work hey, on your Race matters. 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 Race matters.